Mindless Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Welcome to another Kindness Can uh, podcast episode with myself, Jane Lindley Thomas, and psychologist Paul Bushel. Hello, my love. Ah, uh, how's it, Jane? So nice to see your face on my screen and hear your voice. <laughs> I feel the same, my love. Yeah, here we are. Another tough week, especially for schools and parents and the greater community around that, as we prepare to go into Monday for grade 12s and grade 7s for back to school, but not back to reality, right? Well, I think it's, it's such a weird one because as much as the parents in the room is really keen to get their child back into the swing of life as we knew it, the idea of kind of arriving at the school gate, uh, making sure that masks are firmly on and sending them out the car door and down the corridor has a lump in my throat. Mm, absolutely. I think... Once again, the experience of COVID-19 and the national lockdown keeps taking us to these places of uncertain and never been done before. And for our worrying brain and our tender, vulnerable selves, that's just such a hard place to be at. Because what can I use as a reference here? Uh, Not much. And so I'm relying on all sorts of mixed research and and mixed messages. and, And that's kind of makes us really tough. In our last podcast, we spoke about the decision to or not to send your kids to school. And I, I kind of want to reiterate the fact that that's a personal choice uh, that each family has to make on their own based on their own analysis of what feels right or wrong for them. But if you have made the decision that come Monday, my grade seven and my grade 12 are going to be going to school, we've now got to use this weekend and following that some strategies to help us cope with the uncertainty and the newness that comes with us. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's just so sad that what would ordinarily feel like such an exciting experience to be starting school after the Easter holidays and getting stuck into, you know, work and friendships and extracurricular is now shrouded with, will I get sick? Can I touch my friend? Mm. Newsletter saying, you're not allowed to, to share stationery, you're not allowed to share your lunch, you have to wear a mask at all times, you need to wash your hands for 20 seconds vigorously every however often. You like, uh, maybe it's because my kids are younger, we start like conversing like, okay guys, today we're going to put a mask on for half an hour and we go and play in the garden. Mm. And then tomorrow while you're doing your homework, you're going to sit and work with your your mask on. And you know, my daughter looked at me and said, but I can't breathe with my mask on. I don't want to wear my mask. Yeah. And we all know that feeling of being strapped into your mask and being uncomfortable in your mask, but knowing why we're doing it. Yeah. So I think you're raising, for me, some really valuable points there in the sense that sit with your kids uh, or sit by yourself first uh, and make a list of some of your questions, your questions about what is school going to look like and how are we going to manage those things? And then be in contact with your school community to find out what are the answers to those questions. Then secondly, Sit with your kids and ask them, what are some of your questions about going back or COVID-19? And use that as the starting point 
of a really important conversation and a series of conversations. It can't only be one where we talk to our kids about the reality of this. Uh, and then secondly, Jane, I think you're starting to raise a really useful point there in the sense that we've got to practice some of this stuff with our kids before they arrive there. We can't expect teachers to do all of that for us because come Monday or come whenever your grade is going back, teachers are going to be managing everyone's collective experience in that moment. And they won't have the time necessarily to, to run through it with every single individual child. So as parents or as the adults at home, we've got to run through some of these practicalities. And I think on the mask front, I remember the first mask that I bought and I remember buying a mask with you, okay, and putting it on and being like, this looked really great, but this feels so uncomfy. I can't breathe under this. It's squashing my ears. How am I going to wear this for a whole day? And then I remember doing my first session with the mask on and I bought one of those like clear frame ones and how as much as it, it helped the person see my whole face, I also just felt like this is so scary and intimidating. So that doesn't work. It's kind of like Goldilocks and the three bears here. So practice different masks with your kids to find out which mask feels the most comfortable for them to be able to wear for long periods of time. And then adding on to that why it's important and why you shouldn't touch it and why you shouldn't as much as it feels natural, pull it down uh, when you want to talk. So the practice around that is really, really important. Again, I think when you're talking to a grade seven and a grade 12, it's a different kettle mm. of fish as sure. opposed to speaking to someone who's in foundation phase, you know, especially if you've got sensory issues, the mask pulls my hair, the mask's uncomfortable on my ears. I don't like the way it feels in my mouth. It smells funny. Um, it, it smells funny. It makes my nose itch. I mean, I can go on for days and days and days. So there's obviously the function of the mask, trying to get around the comfortableness of it. But what also strikes me as something that needs to be conversed around is how do we guide children in this pandemic that they don't lose their humanness? How do we foster connection in people where you can't see for most of the time who you're actually talking to if you wear a pair of sunglasses and a mask on your face? Uh, and for these little ones, like when I say to them again this morning, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to remember that when we're out at school to practice social distancing. And they, they just, they don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm 40 yeah. years old. I mean, I get it in theory, but it, it's, it's counterintuitive that when I walk into a space with a person, I don't wrap my arms around them. I'm still catching myself being airborne with my arms above my head. Yeah, it's so unnatural. And I, I really as much as it's the here and now, and we've got to find ways around this, I sincerely hope that these are temporary, that this can't become the new normal. And, and maybe that's something to add into the conversation with ourselves and with our kids, that this is not going to be forever. This is just in the here and now while we are trying to deal with this situation. Okay. And I think we've got to find, there'll be so many kids who are so excited to go back to school, delighted to see their friends. And we can't, snub that. We, we've got to find a way to encourage that, but find safe and healthy ways to express that. So I think running through some drills with your kids that like when you're so excited to see your bestie, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, I don't know, make up a dance, a kind of like a TikTok dance. This is what we're going to do. When you see your friends and you're so excited, you're going to express your joy 
by doing the hands in your air, kind of shake it like you just don't care dance, or you're going to do like high fives in the air, or you're going to do like a, a Cyril elbow shuffle side to side. I wish that everyone could see me doing what looks like a Madiba dance on the screen right Amazing. now. Amazing. Um, but or holding a placard or, or something, we've got to find a way for them to be able to still express that feeling because it, it's such a beautiful feeling. It's the human feeling. And we don't want to snub that for our children. I think in these conversations and in this practicing with our kids, we've got to be so conscious of not scaring them and threatening them with stuff that if you do that, something bad's going to happen because that just seems really counterintuitive to the big picture where we want them to be open, kind people, uh, but we don't also want them going to school because they're going to be anxious. They've heard us talking about Corona. They've seen stuff. We don't want them arriving there on Monday terrified either. It's got to be balanced. Uh, when, when they arrive there on, on Monday. So watch out for threatening language. As much as you are scared and you want to protect them, watch out for threatening language. If you touch that mask, I'm going to. Or if you touch mm-hmm. that mask, you are going to. That's, that's going to create a negative association between them and the mask or them and washing hands or them and social distancing. I loved you we were in a conversation a couple of days ago with uh, Play Africa. And uh, I love the conversation that you were talking about how to empower the, the children around choices that need to be made so not wear this mask otherwise you will get sick as opposed to reframing it in an empowering way can we talk about that for a bit yeah so i think that always not just in this situation this situation just feels like a really good time to practice the skill uh, or this belief or idea we, we want our children to always feel like they are agents in their life that they have the ability to make choices because kids who, who are conscious of the fact that they can make choices for themselves, feel really empowered that no matter what life throws at me, no one can take away my choice in this moment. And I'm going to think about what my choices are and I'm going to choose the best one. So kind of yeah, using that word choice in this conversation, that this is, it's the new rule at school, okay, but you are choosing to do this because it will keep other people safe. You're choosing to do this because it'll keep you safe. And that makes you a superhero in this moment that makes you so powerful in this moment as opposed to kind of the threatening language around it leaves children feeling like victims okay you have to wear this because there's something scary out there it it kind of takes away their power in the moment and whereas wearing the mask actually is your choice and it makes you powerful Uh, so kind of framing it in in that kind of, of way and you staying away from your friends not forever but in this moment is a good choice to make because it keeps you and them safe. And you can wave your hands, you can do peace signs, you can do that little dance we practice as a way of expressing and making that connection with them. You are choosing to do that and that makes you great. I saw such a moving picture um, on social media of two children standing apart from each other, but both wrapping them their arms around themselves, but looking at each other in the eyes. And I actually really had that moment of feeling that hug transfer from one person to the other. And I think that's the big thing for me. It's just like, I never want to feel like we're losing connection because we can't be together. Yeah. I kind of had this beautiful image as you were talking. It's it's incredibly beautiful what you're describing, Jane. I I kind of had this image of like, even for older kids, standing apart, but kind of raising your palms up, you know, that international universal gesture of I come here with just me no weapon in my hand, no agenda in my pocket, just my hands and looking eye to eye 
And if you're a teacher listening or a school listening, although you can't necessarily be there and have this conversation with every individual child, I sincerely hope that you're starting to think about some icebreakers or activities which are not just academic focused but are social emotional focused uh, and whether that's a talk circle or whether that's a conversation at the start of each day or whether it is an activity of getting people to kind of yeah stand apart but raise their hands up look eye to eye and say something meaningful say something like I see you I know that behind that mask is just you or, or something along those lines we've got to kind of introduce some eye to eye heart to heart uh, activities for our kids uh, as we go through this. The mask I mean, last... is not going to beat us, Jane. It's, it's going to no. be our tool of empowerment, but it's not going to silence us and, and crush our humanity. I mean, last week we spoke about the pressures on educators as far as just keeping up with, you know, overnight having to move their skill set from one platform, i.e. the classroom, into a digital space. I can't even imagine how they must be feeling now actually having to facilitate classrooms full of children that have different stories mm. we can't take away that what's happened at home is different for all of us and i wonder how how one facilitates holding space in a community and a communal experience but also taking into account that everyone has had an individual experience yeah. leading up to that space yeah yeah once again for me it just highlights something that we we always knew but we should have held on to more dearly uh, or acknowledged more clearly the fact that teachers do so much more than teach, right? They, they mm. hold base for all these individuals and their unique experiences on a daily basis. And it's taken this pandemic for us to realize kind of like how wide uh, their job really is. So if you are a parent who is feeling afraid and concerned, take those concerns to your school and your school community, of course, but just be so conscious of taking it in a supportive and kind and understanding way of, of kind of what they are about to embark on as a school. Don't use this moment to take your fears and, and bully even further. That's just not going to help any of us. And if you are a teacher or school listening, yeah, we see you, uh, we hear you, and we know what you're about to do. And be conscious of what you're doing with your fear in this moment as well. Acknowledge it, uh, make space for it, and, and find healthy ways to process and express it. Because it, of course, can. We know that it can come out in, in funny ways come Monday or in school. And, and just kind of reflect on that a little bit. And to the parent who has, yo, 60 what days? <laughs> can you believe what we've achieved? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, of course, some days were so much better than others. But then the, the counterintuitive experience of taking your child and dropping them off in an environment yeah. that is been deemed or we know there are risks and as a mother and as a parent it's always that idea of pick me don't pick them I'll do it yeah. I'll go so I know the anxiety that's coming I know the there's going to probably be a backlash of guilt as well because you're so keen for them to integrate and then once they've gone you miss them and there's just so there's so much to try and wade through yeah and I think it goes back to what Paul and I always say, and it's just like, and I know it sounds trivial in the face of this huge emotion is just try and be kind to yourself as you navigate. Yeah. I think it goes back to that point of everyone's got to make their own decision around this. As much as you don't judge other people for their decisions, yeah, be very conscious of, of how you evaluate your own decision and the language that you choose to describe your choices because it can easily tip over into something incredibly 
critical or unkind, uh, which we know is only going to kind of fuel that guilt, which sometimes, yeah, uh, we, like any emotion, we, we're curious whether we try and understand what it's trying to tell us. And you can change your mind that if you decide not to send, you can change to send or vice versa. But at the same time, yeah, be, be careful of just holding on to it just because I'm feeling it, therefore it must be right. Because sometimes those feelings are misguided and, and unfair and, and need to be kind of, as one woman described, like a train coming and going. I see you, but it's time for you to leave because I've done the best that I can in this moment. Because there are so many advantages to going back to school as well. As much as the risk is real, there are advantages to going back to school and there are factors which can mitigate a, a lot of those fears. For the child who's going back, Jane, who's feeling anxious, I think it's also important to have some conversations with your kids about, well, what are your fears? And when you do fear that feeling, what you can do during the day to kind of manage those emotions. And for older kids, obviously, you can give more technical advice. So you can use things like breathing techniques. You can use things like visualization techniques. You can use things like reaching out for help and talking about it, putting your hand up. So encouraging your child that you don't have to just accept that feeling or suck it up. That, that feeling makes sense and it's normal, but these are some of the things you can do to help you. For your younger child, obviously you need to use more abstract and creative techniques and, and they will have anxious moments in the day. Anxious because they're not with you anymore. That separation anxiety. Anxious because nothing feels the same here. Anxious because there's so many scary symbols around me. Red tape and red lines and I can't go to choir and I can't do this. And I, so I think kind of Transitional objects as a very practical suggestion can be useful here. So yeah, whether it's giving your child a little pebble or a pen or something that they can take and you have a conversation with around them that this is your magic, your magic wand. This is your superpower. And when you do feel anxious, I want you to put your hand in your pocket and hold that stone or look at that pen and hear my words saying to you that you are so brave and you are not alone and we're going to get through this together. And if the feeling doesn't go away, then putting up your hand uh, and asking your teacher for help. So kind of taking kids through some practical steps of, of what they can do with that feeling. So it's going to be there. It reminds me of the pen we actually bought together um, <laughs> for the kids. That I was having take... the same thought. I was having the same thought. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be taking their pens on the first day of school. So obviously for my daughter, I got this cute little footprint of a dog because she's mad for her little dog called Birdie. Um, which would be a great reminder because that's also another thing, you know, the kids have bonded with their pets so much over the last 60 days that they have become inseparable. And they said the other day, like, I can't, I can't think about not being with the dogs during the day. Shame, bless them, man. Okay. So Birdie's little footprint will go to school. And then for the boys, as boys do, I found these pens that are toilets and you push a button, a little poo pops out the top. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just think of the good times when you look at this pen, guys. Everything's going to be okay. See the feeling and flush it away. And flush it away. I love see that. See it, acknowledge it. See it and acknowledge it. There it is. Okay. It's hard and it's nasty, but I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to push you aside because I know that I can handle this. So I know that I'm surrounded by people who are going to make me safe. Something along those lines. Get creative with your kids, but don't shy away from having the conversation or providing the, the useful tool for them. Another pro for me as well is getting into a routine. I mean, pre-COVID, we had such a beautiful, well-oiled machine that we knew that seven o'clock it was bed, 
you read for half an hour, light off at 7.30, and somewhere along the way, we have found ourselves in a world of trouble where I'm negotiating about eating a piece of chocolate cake at like half past 10 at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how did we get here? Get out of here. And I was having that conversation with a friend of mine and he said his wife and himself were sitting having a glass of wine and it was like quarter past 11 at night and they heard a noise and they went in and the kids were all lying on their bed watching a movie. <laughs> uh, so I can't Wait, I can't wait for us to get back into a space where we know because things have been so fuerdivar and upside down. I don't know what day it is half of the time. I mean, earlier this week, I said to my friend, good luck with the move. She said, it's on Friday. I said, isn't tomorrow Friday? She said, no, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think going back to school can help uh, yeah, start fostering that routine again. And then, of course, building in certain things to the routine that are COVID-specific. So rules around things we've got to remember to take. So even running some fire drills come Saturday, come Sunday, waking up early, okay, as if it were school day. Oh, my um, gosh. That is going to be such a shock be so to the hard. System. So let's practice oh on gosh. Sunday. Sunday is Monday. Okay, we're setting the alarms. We're waking up. Getting On Saturday night, we're putting our school clothes out, all that kind of stuff, running through the drill. Okay, so we're not kind of going cold turkey come day one, whenever that day one is for your, your family and your grade. I don't know who's going to be more upset about getting up at that time. I know. As I was <laughs> saying it, I was kind of like the parents listening who are like, what? No. I don't want we to get up at run. seven o'clock now <laughs> during lockdown so we can get onto the road for a morning walk. And it doesn't fail to stress me out to think, oh my gosh, in a normal day, we would have woken up, everyone would have showered, been in the uniforms, had their breakfast, school bags would be packed, and they would be waving me goodbye from the, from the driveway. And yeah. here we are loafing around in our PJs, calling yeah. for coffee. I say yeah. we, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just had a thought, like, you know, that drive to school on the, the first day as well. I think, think about that very carefully as well for you and your family. I imagine that first trip is going to be quite mixed and you might have kids of different ages in the car and they might be connecting with different feelings. And so just as a parent or the adults in the car, just kind of be conscious of that. What works for these kids? So is it being quiet? Is it putting on a happy song? Is it kind of talking through some things that are about to happen? So yeah, being quite intentional and conscious about that, that moment as well. And it might not just be the first day. Every car trip might need a bit of thinking about. I've just got a message at this very moment from one of my kids' schools to say, no buffs. Because I was like, okay, so they confirmed no shields. Cool. But my kids have got very comfortable in wearing a buff around their face, yeah. especially when when we go for a walk in the morning and I was like, okay, well I was finding solace in the fact that we could wear a buff and it's just come through to say, unfortunately no buffs, which is just, Oh my gosh. It's about to happen today. Oh. Practicing with different masks. Yeah. Different fabrics, different tying mechanisms. I've got a wardrobe of masks here. starting to grow. It's, it's quite can, interesting. I have got a bag of masks <laughs> to match with my outfits. I've even got a, like, a, like a gold sequin one. I've got uh, ones that's got embossed pearls on it. I've got tiger print. I've got tada. I've got plain. I've I can't got wait to have you over for dinner and you're gonna, we're going to ball gown it up with, with that diamante mask. Oh my gosh. Well, there's a meme that was going around of a woman opening her cupboard and picking a dress and matching her mask to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, did we ever think? <laughs> but here we are. Here we here are we in are. this moment, but no one can take away 
the choices that all of us have in this moment, the choices about how we respond. And I, and I know that sounds silly because the rules are being told to us, but, and we have to follow those rules because that's a good idea because the consequences of not following those rules are not right uh, or not nice, should I rather say. But keep the language around that of this is my choice to wear this mask for these reasons because I want to avoid those consequences and, and that makes me still powerful in this moment. Yeah. Listen, we're all in this together. Um, we're all in the discomfort of the, the mask, the conversations around the mask, the fear around what the mask is and, you know, the pandemic at large. Whew. Yeah, I wish I had the answer to how best slay the, it's the anxiety that's the worst for me. Yeah. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Go back to your thoughts. Make sure the thoughts around it are good and healthy. Go back to the feeling space, hold that feeling, and then make choices about how I'm going to deal with that feeling. And as much as we can't hold hands, I think we kind of, you know, that virtual, that image of kind of like, I've got my arms spread out here. We, we're holding each other. Uh, we are a, a community and that spirit can't be taken away. This is not social distancing. This is physical distancing. Let's give a high five to each other. High five, Jane. I see you. I see you back. Yeah. Lots of love, my angel. We'll chat love. really soon. If you'd yeah. like to connect with Paul and us, um, www.kindnesscan.co.za. You can drop us a mail at info at kindnesscan.co.za. Hey, listen, before we go, something exciting. Um, how cool and delightful is our Kindness Can online puppet show? I know. Go take a look. Go take <laughs> a look to how see that toucan. Oh, oh man! You can if you want more can. information on our school um, or online puppet show for schools and for homes, I mean, if you're a parent and you're keen, it follows the adventure of a little girl by the name of Lula who meets a toucan on the way, and together they explore conversations around kindness and choosing happiness. Lots and lots of love. Enjoy the rest of your day. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.